0: It's Thursday, May 12th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Inside Value, Joe Mager, and from Million Dollar Portfolio, Ron Gross. Guys, good to see you. Good to see you, Chris. Earnings from Cisco in a moment, but first, after two years of development, the first Google Chrome OS Notebook computers will be available starting June 15th. Joe Maker, I'll start with you. I, I'm sorry, I thought tablet computers were all the rage. Why am I buying a notebook computer from Google? Well, tablets
1: are going to continue to be big, and Google's investing heavily there with Android, and they think that that's going to be a big opportunity for them. Uh, but they are working in the back door on PCs with Chrome OS. So Chrome OS, if you're familiar with Chrome, their web browser, it's basically just like Inter- Internet Explorer, only better and faster, which pretty much describes all of Google's products relative to Microsoft. <laughs> um, Chrome OS is basically like you open up your computer, you turn it on, and eight seconds later you're on the web, and that's all the operating
0: system is—is is just a portal to the web. So it's cloud-based. It's entirely cloud-based. Is, I mean, Ron, what do you think? Is this gonna is this gonna be a game changer? You know, well, we own Google in million-dollar portfolio. Um, and you also it, own Microsoft. We also do, but. <laughs> It
2: pains me to say that I don't really love this offering from Google. Um, it sounds very much like the netbooks um, that we've seen in the past that have not worked um, as much as people thought they would. I don't love the three-year lock-up, uh, monthly uh, kind of service um, pricing. Uh, I don't like that it doesn't run any Apple products at all. It's going to be very hard to convince people to not have your, your iPod or your iTunes. See- um,
1: Yes, I'll let you finish your thought, and then I'll rip into you.
2: <laughs> and I think Microsoft, although you know, I can't predict 50 years down the road, but Microsoft has such a strong foothold here, especially in the business market, that I don't see this being too big a threat in any kind of a near-term situation to uh, Microsoft.
0: Uh, Joe, I mean Google and Microsoft, they're two companies in your service as well.
2: Right. Well, I definitely,
1: you know, put it this way. Google is my biggest personal holding. So I'm just talking my book here uh, for everyone listening. But I do think... Grain of salt time. Exactly. I do think that this operating system is, it's totally unheralded. It's not reflecting the valuation at all. No one expects anything from this. But I think it's extremely dangerous for Microsoft because it starts getting people in the mindset of living in a web-based world instead of a desktop-based world. And they're going aggressively after enterprise, and they're going after schools. And, you know, Google's methodology is not unlike tobacco back in the day. Get them while they're young. And they're going to get them
0: You you love Google, and yet you're comparing them to big tobacco. I own
2: Philip Morris International, too. Oh, right. (laughs) I, I do agree with Joe about valuation, um, especially um, from our perspective. We, we don't have anything like this baked into a valuation scenario. So if this does work, then it, it could be significant, obviously. If it doesn't, you know, we still like Google here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the bigger risk to Microsoft isn't that they – it's not that Google or Chrome OS runs away with the market here. It's that Microsoft has to seed on pricing. And
0: they have to throw a lot more resources behind Windows um, sticking with Google and sort of uh, their cloud based systems, um, they had recently launched Google Music. Um, uh, record labels are reportedly upset that Google mu- Music launched uh, without them. Um, uh, I think they in some ways may have even rushed it to market to keep up with Amazon. Um, but Ron, I'm interested in your take because Google Music is you know essentially a locker where users can upload their current music. It may become a subscription service. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Can, is there a way for them to use Google Music and uh, this new Chrome notebook to sort of get people to leave Apple and iTunes and all of that?
2: I think if, if you believe in the cloud, and I think you know down the road, things are go- moving to the cloud, let's, let's face it. Um, you have to have a music offering. You have to have many offerings um, for folks. Um, so it makes sense. Uh, Perhaps it's very early, not that well thought out, will evolve over time. Mm -hmm. Um, But you certainly have to have a a music offering.
1: Yeah, well, they've been working on this forever. The problem is they can't get the record labels to all agree on how they should go about doing a streaming service. I do think the iteration they pushed out um, is very uninspired. And I think that back when they thought this was important was a year and a half ago, when they felt like they needed to transition people from using iOS, so buying iPhones, over to Android. They're activating 400,000 Android devices a day. A year ago, it was only 100,000. So they've pretty clearly demonstrated they don't need a great music offering on Android phones to bring people over. So in a way, this is almost like... It's an uninspired offering, and it's a year too late, but I think it proved that it didn't matter anyway.
0: So if you're Apple, you're not necessarily quaking in your boots over Google Music. I don't think so. All right, shares of Cisco Systems are down today after the company reported earnings last night. Uh, Ron, earnings beat expectations, but during the conference call, CEO John Chambers lowered guidance and said that more job cuts are on the way. Ron, Cisco is also a Motley Fool recommended stock. Uh, what yeah. in the world is going on with Cisco? I, I
2: get concerned when we focus too much on the beat
0: expectations part of
2: this because it, whose expectations? Um, profits were down 18%. Cisco is struggling as they have periodically throughout mm. their lives. Um, it's really not the Cisco of 20 years ago. They seem to be in a constant state of reorganization. Um, there are a number of analysts thinking that, you know, they're. Making the right moves. They definitely need to cut costs. They need to introduce new product lines, especially in the switching business, where companies like HP and Juniper are kind of taking market share away from them, really beating them in the price game. Um, so they're doing things that they need to do, including management uh, shakeups, but it, it It seems to me just a little bit more of the same for them, and they really have to someday get their act together where this is just going to continue to go badly.
0: Speaking of management shakeups, John Chambers has been CEO for 16 years. He's been chairman of the board since 2006. Um, Is it time for John Chambers to step down as CEO, remain chairman, but hand the CEO reins to someone else? What do you think, Joe?
1: I, I don't expect he would give those up lightly, so I'm definitely not banking on that. Which is a shame, because I do think he has somewhat of a credibility problem with the market right now. I mean, the market is worried about their core business getting shipped away out on pricing, and, you know, they keep going out and taking all the good money they're making from that business and pouring it into crappy businesses, and now they're seemingly getting religion on that and pulling out of some of those businesses, and they're paying a dividend, but, you know, time will tell whether they actually execute on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that. I, I don't know. I think we've seen this before, and certainly earlier in the week when when... We had the big deal where Microsoft is buying Skype for $8.5 billion. That's, right. you know, that's the thing about companies that have a ton of cash on hand is it's like, oh, well, they'll be fine. They have lots of cash on hand. But it seems like if you have a lot of cash on hand, then in, is it fair to say in some cases and certainly in Cisco's case, you're less careful with it? You're you're making bigger bets with more money because you just think, well, we have a lot of cash on hand.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I that's – certainly true to a certain extent the the flip camera is a good example of them really trying to go in a different direction it's not working epic i was it, gonna say it, epic. It, why? It, why because
0: they bought it for it, hundreds of millions it, right, of dollars it's it not working ago? and
2: they have to pull it out and, and and shut it down so there is that and also when you get i mean seventy three thousand employees here so this is a humongous company and and there's so many so much costs wrapped up in running a company like that they can get sloppy and then every now and then they need to rein that in and now they announce a billion dollar cut in operating expenses and i'm sure there's much much more they could
0: uh, cut if they really got serious about it. What is the big opportunity for Cisco when you look at that company? Is there something that leaps out at you where you just think if, you know, if John Chambers came to me my one piece of advice would be, Joe. Well, for shareholders
1: i would say it's cutting back all these crappy business lines and paying a bigger dividend. And I know they just instituted one, but even a much bigger one. So you look at Intel, they just raised their dividend for the second time in two months, and it's now yielding 3.6%. Which is meaningful. I mean, that's a needle moving mm-hmm. amount for shareholders. And it also means that Intel's recognized they're a very mature business and there's only so much that they can profitably reinvest. But Cisco just hasn't gotten that message all the way yet. Ron?
2: I like that they just recently brought on a COO who seems to be doing the things that uh, Mr. Chambers has not. Um, and it's pulling the company back into a much more streamlined way of, of getting things done. And, and hopefully that will lead to them making smarter decisions that are less bureaucratic going uh, into the future. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But so far, he's done some good things.
0: All right. Joe Maker, Ron Gross. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Thank Chris. you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Be sure to check out Motley Full Money This Weekend on iTunes, online, and on radio stations across America. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.